Welcome to the podcast of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a faith community committed to dismantling oppression and building beloved community, a place of shared liberation, joy, and belonging. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. That's born a morning star rises and sings to the universe. Ooh, for each child, for each child that's born a morning star rises and sings to the universe. Ooh, for each child that's born, for each child that's born a morning star rises and sings to the universe. Last time, for each child that's born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. Good morning and Merry Christmas. My name is Reverend Arif Mamdani. I'm one of the ministers here, and it is such a joy to welcome each of you this morning here in the sanctuary, joining us online, listening to us via podcast later in the week or the month or the year or perhaps even the decade. Who knows how long? Who knows how long our digital traces will last? It is really a joy to welcome you here this morning. I want to invite us into a place of worship with uh, a little story. How many of you know what Diwali is? A couple hands here and there. Right, it's a a celebration, right? It's It's a holiday in India. And it's celebrated by several different religious groups in India. It might originally be a Hindu celebration. Actually, it might originally be something much, much, much older than that. But today it is celebrated by Jains, by Sikhs, some Buddhists, even Muslims in India celebrate Diwali. So that tells you that something's going on, right? It's uh, one of those interesting cultural uh, observances that seemingly everybody in the country has a part of in some way. What they're celebrating on Diwali is light returning to the earth after a period without light. They're celebrating truth over falsehood, knowledge over ignorance. Each religious group has a slightly different way to tell the story. Each religious group has something unique that they're celebrating, a particular part of their story that they make part of it. But the piece about light is something that everyone agrees on. That sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? All month, right, all month we have been talking about and celebrating in this theme of dreaming in the dark. We have been celebrating and learning about different rituals, different traditions that are really, really old. Layer upon layer upon layer of human beings talking about the experience of light coming to the earth after a period of darkness, of light lasting longer than it possibly could, of faith and how it calls us to act out what it is that we believe, even if we aren't sure how things will turn out. And so it was a few years ago 
that I was driving home one night right around this time of year. And I was thinking about all of these festivals and celebrations of light. I was thinking about Advent. I was thinking about Hanukkah. I was thinking about solstice. I was thinking about Christmas. I was thinking about Kwanzaa. And I turned down my street, and as I was driving past, all of the houses lit up with their holiday lights. I thought to myself, look at all these lovely Diwali lights. And then I stopped for a minute, and I was like, what just happened? Right? Because in my heart, I felt like everyone around me was celebrating Diwali, this, this holiday that I had grown up with, but hadn't really celebrated in the way that I used to because I don't live at home anymore. It just wasn't the same without my mom and my dad and my brother and, you know, my, my, my family around me. And so when that happened, it felt like in that moment my heart saw in the Christmas lights a celebration of Diwali as well, right? Something changed for me. It was like suddenly I was seeing that across all these different traditions, People like you and I have for thousands and thousands of years seen that winter is dark and cold, and when it is dark and cold, they have gathered together to tell stories by the fire, to tell stories by the light, remembering that the light will return, that warmth will return, and that it will be good. And so with that in our hearts, I invite you to take a minute right now to turn to someone near you, here in the sanctuary, uh, at home, on Zoom, turn to someone near you and share about a tradition that has meaning to you and why that tradition has meaning to you, what it is that it means to you. And we'll bring you back together in, in just a couple minutes. For each child that score, the morning star rises and sings to the universe. Last time, for each child that's born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. It is so wonderful to hear little snippets of the stories that are, that are bubbling up and the ways that we come together, the traditions that we hold dear. If you didn't get a chance to do this, I want to invite all of you to tell someone in your life that matters to you about a tradition around the holidays, it might be this one, it might be another, that you hold dear and that you would like them to know about. And I invite you to have that conversation. This is how we pass on our vision for the world that we're creating, right? As we have these intentional conversations about what we care about with the people that matter to us. And so with that in our hearts, let's gather by our fire, this chalice that we light each week to remind us of what is good and what is important. Let us worship together, and I invite you to join me in our chalice lighting words. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Ooh.
caritas et amor, ubi caritas Deus ibi est, ubi caritas et amor, ubi caritas Deus ibi est, the old Catholic chant says, Ubi caritas et amor Deus ibi est. Where there is love and charity, there is the location of God. Ubi caritas et amor Ubi caritas Deus ibi est. Sing with me. Ubi caritas et amor. Ubi caritas Deus ibi est. Ubi caritas et amor. Ubi caritas Deus ibi est. Now the invitation to be part of the percussion section has been issued. And, and very few people are taking me up on that, so let me insist. Ubi caritas et amor, ubi caritas Deus ibi est. One more time. Ubi caritas et amor, ubi caritas Deus ibi Deus ibi est. Deus ibi est. Last time. Deus ibi est. We come to church to have our minds inspired, to have our hearts warmed, to have our souls comforted. We come to church to share our joys and sorrows together in a world filled with a lot of isolation. We come and we share to connect. Spirit of life and love, I hear this is the time you shine brightest. Remind us that this is a time to really root peace and love in our hearts, that we may carry it through the year and in all our interactions. Remind us that though it is winter solstice and Christmas in the Northern Hemisphere and in our culture, that in the Southern Hemisphere and many other cultures, people are having a very different experience. Remind us that there are those experiencing Christmas in a variety of ways. That within this congregation, within our wider community, we carry grief, we carry joy, we carry cheer, we carry fond memories, difficult memories. Help us to be there with each other extend a warm hand, warm food, and give in all our days to make sure that boundless love is born again.
in us. May it be so. And together we pray that the grip of addiction might be loosened, that the weight of oppression be lightened, that grief might be shared, that joy might break through, and that love might make every suffering bearable for us all. Blessed be and amen. So, dear ones, we are at the point in our service where we make space for the practice, the spiritual practice of generosity. This morning's offering goes to the Minister's Emergency Fund. If you worship with this congregation on a regular basis, you will know that every Sunday, either during the prayer or during the offering, we make mention of the Minister's Emergency Fund that exists to support members of the congregation and the wider community in um, making it through those times of financial hardship and the emergencies that come up in everyone's life from time to time. Whether it is helping to pay rent with unexpected medical bills or damage that occurs to a house after a flood or a fire or any of the countless other things that happen. It is through your generosity that the ministers of this church are able to meet those needs as they arise. And so this morning, we invite you to give to the Minister's Emergency Fund that your generosity and care for the wider community might ripple out in one way amongst many, many others. So we encourage you to be as generous as you're able. Uh, there should maybe be directions on how to give <laughs> up on the walls and online. Uh, and I invite the ushers to please come forward as we, as we receive this morning's offering. Here's a reading from a very good friend of mine, uh, a writer, a prophet, a Unitarian Universalist, pastor, theologian, Sean Parker Dennison. The piece is entitled Relentless uh, in a larger volume called Breaking and Blessing. Is that right? Breaking and Blessing, which, uh, which I highly recommend. It's a tiny little book with a giant punch. I mean, I, I'm telling you, bless your life with that book. Um, uh, Sean Parker Dennison writes this that they title Relentless. At the beginning of the year, I went to my local interfaith clergy meeting. The person in charge of hosting had asked us to come prepared to discuss a simple practice, and the practice was this. What word would we claim for the new year? The first colleague chose hope. The next colleague chose compassion. The third chose self-care. The fourth told a long story that ended with her selecting uh, the word angel, peace, devotion, 
honor. By the time we got to me, I was squirming and considering quickly choosing a different word. But even though that felt less risky, it felt dishonest to do so. So when it was my turn, I blurted, uh, my word for the new year is relentless. The room was silent and then filled with nervous laughter. I mean, the world seems to be getting meaner. I guess I chose relentless because I need it. I don't want to give up on the world or on myself. The silence continued. And then one of my retired colleagues smiled and asked loudly, can I borrow that? I want to change my answer from kind to relentless. And one by one, my colleagues agreed. And suddenly, the interfaith clergy serving, small, serving one small town had agreed. For the year, we would commit ourselves to relentless hope, relentless compassion, relentless self-care, relentless peace, relentless devotion, relentless honor. It seems like it will be a good year. And somewhere, if we are all lucky, a relentless angel is watching over us. The wisdom of Sean Parker Dennison. Relentless. It is Christmas morning. As Lori and Glenn Thomas and I were talking about this service. We were talking about an invitation that has been with us at least for the last week and a half or so, a question. And that question is, was, is, how do we carry the spirit of this holiday season with us past today? past this morning, right? And so we approached the question, so first the question was, should we have service on Sunday, December 25th? And as some of you might have seen in the piece that was in the Liberal, uh, a not insignificant number of Protestant churches elected not to have service today. Um, for all of the reasons that you might expect. But this question, how do, we take, how do we take this energy and these commitments that we make during this time of year, how do we take this past this day, had really grabbed hold of us. And so we said, no, you know what, we should, we should have service Sunday morning. It's important that we gather. Worship for Unitarian Universalists is that place where we consider what it is that has worth. And that's what we come to do together. And so we said, let's have Christmas at church. Let's invite people to wear their church-appropriate pajamas, if, if you so desire. So we're, we're cozy, as we would be um, were we at home. 
gathered. Yes, I I wear a turtleneck in the the living room. You know, as as one does. I might. (laughs) I was thinking about wearing my suit. Being like, this is what I wear all the time. Yes. And we said to ourselves, and this is a little, uh, a little foreshadowing, you probably see where all of this is going, but um, this is both to uh, hopefully calm some anxiety and also encourage you not to think ahead. Um, Laurie, Glenn Thomas, and I are going to share some gifts that we are trying in this next year to give to ourselves, to bring to each other to bring to this wider community and to bring to this wider world. So we're going to talk a little bit about what those gifts are. And not too long after we share the gifts that we are bringing and talk with each other about this, we're going to invite you to do the same. So I'm just letting you know that that's coming because I know that some folks don't like having questions sprung on them. But the, the, the agreement, the invitation, the, the pinky swear, if you will, is that you not spend the next 15 minutes thinking about what your answer is. Okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so with that in mind, with that as where we're going, um, Lori or Glenn Thomas, I wonder if one of you wants to start us off with, uh, with sharing the, the gifts that we are giving ourselves and bringing. We can, we can thumb wrestle for it. If you no, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, so uh, this, was a, this was a fun exercise to think about. Um, uh, and it, it actually it resonated for me a little bit more deeply than... Um, you know, my connection to New Year's resolutions, which is, you know, you, which is usually something that I grab a hold of for about three days. Um, um, and for some reason feels so slippery to me. Um, I think the, the extra week of just, of prep time and, uh, and the decision to reflect on this over uh, a period of time with a due date was really helpful for me. Um, and uh, I reflected on some of the stories that brought me through this particular year um, and some of the things that I had returned to. Um, one was my breath practice, which, is, uh, which has deepened a lot um, in the last year. It's been a, an anchor for me. And um, you know, m- many of you will know, like I, I did my work, um, my college work as a singer um, and so singing is one of those ways that, um, that breath work also manifests itself in, in me. Um, and I started doing ministry um, with the idea that um, uh, breath work isn't just uh, sitting and meditating in silence. Um, uh, singing is also a, a, a therapeutic um, praying practice. Um, it's also at the foundation for every movement for freedom, justice, or liberation that I've ever seen, um, songs are. And uh, my ancestors uh, have sung all the way through our entire existence. Um, and the resilience of my people has been um, incorporated in and, 
and preserved within uh, songs like, there is more love somewhere. There is more love somewhere. You know that song goes, there is more love, and then there is more joy, there is more. We call those zipper songs um, uh, or pocket songs, songs that you can take uh, right out of your pocket when you're in deepest need uh, of them. That's a long way to go to say that my thing was pocket songs. Um, and a practice I've brought myself back to um, is making sure that as a part of my spiritual journey, every day of the next 365, um, I sing on purpose, right? Um, it doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be something extravagant. It's just um, reminding yourself of what you believe in through the deepest connector, um, the art of the heart that is singing, right? Um, it's different to say, there is more love somewhere and I'm gonna keep on until I find it, um, than to say, there is more love somewhere. I'm gonna keep on till I find it. You can't tell me that's not different. You can't tell me you don't feel that differently. And so um, for myself and for the people I meet, that, and you know, that's all of, that's all of you and our community, um, I'm bringing songs that we can take home with us that don't just stop at the church doors um, so, that, uh, so that singing might be uh, an enriching part of all of our lives um, from now when we're in this building um, and when we're by ourselves in most need of something like a song to remind us of love and hope. Does this mean we can ask you what your song of the day is? Oh, hell! <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> yes! You can share in that a little bit. Yes, I'm down. Great. That's great. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Where'd you get that little book? Um, oh, at... Um, uh, uh, the bookstore, Majors and Quinn, down the, cool. down the, they have, and it's sheet music. It's like blank sheet music. Oh my, okay, for a music nerd, this is like Christmas morning. <gasps> <laughs> All that possibility. <laughs> mm -hmm. All that possibility. What about you, Lori? Well, um, I didn't quite know what to bring. I'm living in like a really liminal time in my life with this internship that, lasts one year and then I don't know what happens next, right? And our world feels a little uncertain, what I'm bringing to this congregation, sometimes I'm not quite sure. Uh, so, because I didn't know exactly what gift, I have brought a deck of cards called Affirmators. They are affirmational, like, they're just random cards with different affirmational terms on them, and I thought we could find out what the spirit has to say this morning. Oh my I'm going to yeah. shuffle real quick and pull us a card. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 A little shuffle. They've got little unicorns on them with a bunny rabbit riding it over a rainbow, so just to give you a vibe <laughs> check here. 
And so you're, you're inviting spirit to, to let us know what our affirmation is for... Yeah. Okay. So preface is that my word for this past year, this 2022, was tinkerer, which is um, a group of people from the fictional world Wheel of Time. Uh, and they're these like nonviolent nomads who follow the way of the leaf. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. Look it up. But uh, they are traveling nomads, so they have these caravans, right? These like um, covered wagons sort of thing. And they travel and they're looking for a song. That's their whole quest is they're looking for a song that will bring peace to the world. Sweet. Isn't that funny? Uh, so this card is peacefulness. And on it is a little covered wagon with a heart shape. Isn't that wild? This is, this is adorable. <laughs> it's actually drawn really beautifully. I know, isn't it cute? Okay. I'll, we'll post a picture of it or something in the, in the next liberal. Um, okay, so it reads, peacefulness. I have a peaceful, tranquil, and untroubled heart. This is where I choose to spend my time. I can bring guests, but any person, thought, or event that brings drama or chaos is not invited. My heart is a special property, and I'm going to keep it that way so we can all keep enjoying it and I can get my security deposit back. <laughs> so I gift, I gift to myself and I gift to all of you the hope of some peacefulness in the coming year. This is great. <laughs> and boundaries. Boundaries. And yeah, boundaries. Yeah. Boundaried peacefulness. There was, a lot, there was a lot in there. Yeah. There was cool. a lot in there. That'll preach. Mm. I how think about, it is. How about you, Arif? What you bring in? I'm still, I'm still spending time with this idea oh, of, yeah, yeah. of the peaceful heart, right? Like, there is that spot in all of us, right? That we, that we carry that peaceful heart with us everywhere. And may or may not be inhabiting it at a particular time. I'm really hearing the invitation to find our way there. You're going to keep these uh, these cards on your desk so that we sure. can uh, <laughs> we could just come pull one when we need it. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. Yeah, I would love to see it. So I'm also thinking pass about. Um, yeah, can we pass this around? Yeah, sure, that, sure. Is that okay? I like that it's not just peace; it's peacefulness. Mm. It's not just peace. It's not just peaceful. Peacefulness. What are you? What are you hearing as the difference? Well, that's like the noun form of the adjective, peaceful, and peace is also a noun. So it's mm. like they—they they really. It seems significant to me to add those pieces of peace. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, peace, right? We hear a lot about peace in the holiday season. Peace on earth, goodwill towards everybody, and. Peaceful is more of an internal quality, I guess. Peacefulness is maybe feels a little more um, something that pervades, mm -hmm. like a vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it gives it an abiding quality. Mm. So peace is the thing. Peaceful is the state. Um, and peacefulness is the abiding state. So, so in, in other words, in order to have peacefulness, one must be practicing right. being peaceful. Mm. 
Yeah, so it, I mean, it, it extends that. It's, um, it reminds me of the Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, I think it's Thich Nhat Hanh, right? If there is... If there is to be peace in the world, there must be peace yes. in the nations. Yes. If yes. there is to be peace in the nations, there must be peace in the cities. If there is to be peace in the cities, there must be peace in, uh, between neighbors. If there is to be peace between neighbors, there must be peace in the home. If there is to be peace in the home, there must be peace in the heart. Like it all is work. It is the peacefulness work that, um, that I think that thing is, uh, is, is also alluding to. Yeah, and that practice is important because it's easy to get distracted, get forgetful, but you have to come back and you have to practice it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't just magically be peaceful. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's right. Every, what'd you bring? All right. So here's what I brought. Um, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, like. Oh, there's a reveal. Find my way. <laughs> This and is why I wanted him to go last. It's kind of it's kind of big, so I'm actually gonna bring it down here. So um, it's not in his pocket. It's oh, not wow. my. It is not in my pocket. Looks heavy. It's kind of heavy. <laughs> so some of you have uh, heard me tell of uh, learning to cook from my dad. Totally acting. It's not that heavy. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you, you were talking about lifted weights earlier. I think you need to keep it. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, so some of you have heard me talk about how I learned to cook from my father. Um, he learned to cook uh, from his um, from his mom and um, some of uh, some of the aunties that were part of the household because my dad was always getting in trouble when he was young. This is the story he tells. He was always getting in trouble, and um, they got so like frustrated with him that they were they would not let him um, basically leave their sides, right? And would put him to work as they were as they were cooking. This is the story that he tells. I don't know if it's true or not, um, but it's a really good story. And um, what, I, what I remember about my dad is, um, you know, food made sense to him almost in the way that some people speak a language, right? Um, I think we, you know, you might, you might know people like this. They just understand how flavors combine and spices and things like that. And, and somehow I, um, I don't want to oversell it, but I have absorbed some of this knowledge from my dad. And since his passing, I often feel when I'm cooking, like I hear his voice sort of whispering in my heart um, if something needs a little bit more, you know, uh, cumin powder or, or what have you. Um, often it is his voice uh, when I'm trying to brown onions saying, be patient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wait. I need that voice. They are not brown enough yet. I need that voice. This is where the flavor is coming from. Quit touching them. Quit exactly. touching them. <laughs> Leave them alone. If there was one lesson that he taught me, that was it. Just like leave them alone and be patient. You cannot rush. You cannot rush. Um, and, and the thing that he, you know, he had a set of favorite foods that he made, but the reason that I am, I'm bringing forth, uh, you know, this, this pot in particular 
is that um, what I have missed most these last couple years of our lives with COVID is um, how much harder it has been to gather in large groups. One of the things that I love about church, the reason that I knew within the first week of my internship that parish ministry was where I wanted to be, was because of the possibility and the potential in churches to have multi-generational gatherings that are for no purpose other than enjoying each other's fellowship. I have missed that so much. I have missed that in these big, big groups. I have missed that in the small groups of, you know, of just my, my family and inviting a couple friends over for dinner, sort of the ease with which we used to gather. And because of that, um, because of what that means to me, right, I often say that feeding people is my love language. And so I really have felt these last couple years like I have not been able to express my love language in the way that I most want to, in the way that feels most me. Um, and it really, it's been like, um, it's been a deep ache, a deep, deep longing to do that, not just in my family, but with you all. And so what I am bringing this year, the, the gift that I am giving myself, the gift that I am wanting to share with a broader, an ever broader group, um, is the gift of making and sharing food together. Mm -hmm. It is the gift of fellowship over, um, over a meal. Uh, and if I can get my act together in order to do this, I hope that it will be sharing uh, some of my family recipes mm -hmm. with you all at, uh, at various points in, in the year. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the gift mm -hmm. that, that, I, that I wanted to bring. Plus, I get to carry around a great big pot, so, you know. And we get to hold you to it. You get to hold me to it, that's right. It's uh, the, I, I have I've said for a long time that um, one of the oldest sacraments of the church is the potluck. Yes. Um, it's one of the ways, like there is very, there's something so special about like for, for one meal keeping each other alive, literally. Yeah. There's something incredible about that. So, I told you all this was coming. <laughs> We want to invite you with the people that you are near, whether you are here in the sanctuary or at home. Um, there are uh, 25 devices that are connected to Zoom right now. Some number of those we know are multiple humans. Um, so congregationally gathered, there are probably about, what, 50 to 75 of us gathered together this morning having Christmas together. Right? And so I want to invite you all uh, to connect with someone sitting near you or, you know, like get up and move across the sanctuary if you feel so moved and share the gift that you want to give to yourself this year and how that gift shows up in, in wider community as well. If it does, if it does, it doesn't, it certainly does not have to. And we'll do this for a few minutes and then call you back together and wrap up our morning. Wrap up. Oh, yeah. Wrap up. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
Um, it's just so wonderful to see online, to hear what you all are sharing with each other. You're reminding me um, that perhaps the answer to this question, how do we, how do we take this, uh, you know, this energy of the holidays, these commitments to peace, these commitments to, um, to living our faith, how do we take this into the rest of the year? That perhaps one of the ways that we do it is to practice in small ways every day the world and really the people who we want to be to create the world that we aspire to create. It doesn't need to be grand gestures. Those are wonderful. We will do those together. But oftentimes it is these small acts of commitment that day by day move the world in the direction that we long for. And so with that in our hearts, I think we should do some singing together. Yeah. Uh, most people don't know that this is a, uh, that this is a Christmas song. Um, but we're going to we're going to learn that now if we don't if we don't know um, the the text is real simple it goes everybody say amen 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 Amen. Will you sing it with me? Amen. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. See the little baby lying in a manger. Christmas morning, amen, amen, see the little baby lying in a manger on Christmas morning, amen, 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 last time say Amen, amen, everybody say amen, amen, amen. Uh, this benediction was shared last night at the Christmas Eve service as well, but it's so good we're sharing it again. Uh, this is Now the Work of Christmas Begins, written by Howard Thurman. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. Mm 
May it be so. Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. And your people. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming community that finds strength in the diversity of identities of all who find inspiration and comfort here. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. If you find spiritual sustenance from this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Visit firstuniversalistchurch.org slash donate to make your gift. If you're able to join us in person or online for Sunday worship, we'd love to welcome you. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Merry Christmas. Go in peace, my friends. Amen.